Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today we, we read the gospel of the, um, the parable, if possible, maybe try to make some seats. There's also some seats over here, if anyone. Um, today we read the gospel of the parable of the sower, and the Lord, he, he begins this par- parable uh, prior to this, uh, these verses, there, uh, the Lord is healing um, several of the women that were around, including Mary Magdalene and others, um, and healing them of their of various diseases, spiritual diseases. And so um, Jesus begins speaking about how the strength of God's word fights evil, um, and it is the soul that receives the word of God that determines whether or not the soul will be liberated from sin. And so today I wanted to focus on Um, in particular the last verse of today's gospel reading which is but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who having heard the word with a noble and good heart keep it and bear fruit with patience so I wanted to focus on spiritual patience this morning so how does this parable teach us about about patience Um, the reasons why that the that these the conditions of the different Uh, grounds um, are not suitable is not because the word does not make it to them. It is that the word comes and that the word is not given enough time, it is not given enough attention for the fruits of that word to manifest on those grounds or in those grounds. Like for example when we read the wayside are the ones who hear then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. For the wayside, I don't have any patience. I have given my full uh, reliance on worldly solutions that the word of God isn't really going to sway me very much. In the next one, which is the rocks, who are those when they hear, they receive the word with joy, and these have no root who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. So the rocky ground is that I enjoy the, the idea of virtue. I enjoy the idea of having this spiritual patience so that I may see, of course, the work of God in my life. But at some point, it becomes a challenge when, we, when the temptations arise um, that we take the worldly route or that we simply reject um, uh, continuing or striving in that virtue. So I may... Um, you know, I may encourage my children, let's, let's pray before we eat, let's, let's do this, let's read the Bible together or something, and then they say, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, and then we say, okay, fine, whatever, go do it, because you're annoying me, right? Or I say uh, that I struggle against a passion um, of mine, and I encourage, uh, I'm encouraged by, of course, spiritual word, I go and I confess, and I continue to fall, and I simply rely on that cycle, and because of that, it, it simply sort of does the opposite and discourages me um, from really fighting very hard against, against some of my passions. Then, of course, we have the thorns, which are those when they have heard go out and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. So this is the ground that I deceive myself thinking that I have patience when really I simply suppress the virtue with conveniences 
So again, if my children are annoying me a lot and I, you know, I give them a device to sort of like get them to be quiet, I didn't all of a sudden gain patience. I didn't all of a sudden, like I, j I have peace, but the peace that I have was purchased. It was not something that I actually, a virtue that I actually gained. Now, of course, it doesn't mean that in all cases this is wrong, but it's something that we should consider as part of the frequency by which I rely on things to, again, suppress the difficulties in my life and I don't actually gain any virtue. And then there is, of course, the, the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So again, the difference between uh, the different grounds is the time between my joy and my fall. And again, the thorny ground and the good ground, the good soil, are the same in the sense that the seed will go and, and, and something may, may come forth. But one is a worldly patience and the other is a spiritual patience. One is numbing the struggle and the other is confidence in God. And this is, the, this is part of the key of, pa of spiritual patience, which is that patience follows confidence. Confidence in God's providence, confidence in however God uses my prayers, whether, whether I feel that they're being answered in that moment or not, that I have confidence that God always hears my, my prayers and my petitions, and that I trust in his economy through the prayers of my, through my prayers, the prayers of others, through my, my, um, my spiritual life, um, I am confident in his economies, um, even despite my anxieties. And the verse says, having heard the word with a noble and good heart. So it is one who comes with confidence in his word that will keep it and will bear fruit. And so because of uh, their confidence, they are patient. So, of course, we, we read that the important aspect, the key thing here is that I am receiving the word of God. And in, in many confessions, and mine being the first among all of us, believe me, is that we leave, sometimes we leave God's word for the very end of the day. That, and that's, that's even if we get to it. So if we don't have the word of God in our lives and, and feel that we are patient, then maybe I have to ask myself if, I, if my patience is the thorny, thorny ground uh, creeping up in my life. When we think about patience, there is a, there's a, 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 a certain saint that, that many consider to be the patroness of patience, the saint of patience, and it is uh, Saint Monica. And she experienced the thing, the, like the three things that we all fear, especially parents, that we all fear in our lives. An unsupportive spouse, a lousy mother-in-law, and a child who rejects God. The three biggest fears that every parent or every person uh, feels. And so, um, you know, I wanted to think, I wanted to, to share her, her life story so that we can learn from her spiritual patience and also consider what was it that strengthened her that gave, get, that gave her this patience. 
So she was born of three of she was born of Christian parents, and she had uh, three sisters, and she was raised mainly by an elderly servant, and she eventually married a pagan uh, Roman man, but he was not a good he was not a very good man. And of course, she had a lousy mother-in-law who constantly gossiped about her. And I, as, I'm, as I'm going through this, it's not about her story. It's really about our story because I'm sure that, I'm sure that all of us, I'm not saying our mother-in-laws, I'm, but I'm sure that, that all of us have the person, someone in our life who is gossiping about us behind our backs, who is, who is saying bad things, who's giving us a bad image to others that maybe someone else in my life, maybe, maybe it's not my spouse, but maybe someone else in my life is difficult to deal with and yet I deal with them on a, on a regular occurrence. You know, or the, child that rejects, or the child that rejects God, someone that is very close to me that I care dearly about and I'm worried about their spiritual life. So I'm reading really about our own lives. And so she, of course, had a difficult relationship with her mother-in-law who was gossiping about her. And people began to approach St. Monica to, because they saw how she was dealing with um, these difficulties in her life. And so eventually, actually her husband, in like the last year of his life, he did turn to God and he was baptized. And they had three children and one of them is uh, St. Augustine, who as we know is... Um, we, we have many spiritual words from, from his writings. And uh, this was the one that rejected the faith when he was young. Um, St. Monica had ev eventually was widowed by the age of 40. And uh, when Augustine had rejected his faith, that she refused to allow him in her own home. And he, of course, went to go and live a prodigal life. And eventually it came to her in her dream that, uh, that Augustine would eventually turn back to the faith. And we see the, the, the amount of care and patience that, um, that St. Monica had because in his writings, he writes that his mother wept over him more than his mother wept over him and his spiritual death more than uh, than a mother would weep over the the physical death of her of her child because of him because his spiritual life was dead and so she prayed for his conversion for 17 years and augustine he went to rome and monica saint monica said i'm going to i'm going to go with you and he tricked her and ended up like saying i'm going to leave okay we'll meet at this time and he ended up leaving um, anyway. So she said, well, I'm going to go find him in Rome. So she goes. She finds out that he went to Milan. So she said, I'm going to go to Milan. And then they both met uh, Ambrose, uh, the, a bi the bishop of Milan. And they began to have a, a relationship with each other. And... St. Monica, she started to study philosophy and theology so that she can have conversations with Augustine that, is, that he likes to have. And so eventually, Augustine, he converts to Christianity, and, uh, and of course, many spiritual writings that we have are by him. 
And so we see this patience in her life. She prayed for 17 years for her son. She lived through years of, in a very difficult marriage and, and diff difficult um, in-laws. And yet, what strengthened her was prayer, that she prayed for 17 years. And is, do we see St. Monica, that she, was, that she was without any faults or any sins? No, of course not. She actually struggled in, in, her early, in her early years. Her parents would tell her to go grab wine from the, from the wine cellar for dinner. So little by little, she took a sip and another sip and another sip. And eventually, alcohol became a, a struggle for her. But of course, whenever she was, whenever she was called out by the, by the maidservant, and she began to sort of fight back and, and, you know, say, how could you accuse me of such a thing? And because, uh, because of her, her self-knowledge, she, she realized, no, she's right. I, I have a problem. And it was from that time that she decided, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. And so it's not that she was ever without struggle. But what was, her, what was her accomplishment? Her accomplishment was, was not that she defeated, she fully defeated this, this struggle. It was not that her son returned. It was not that she studied hard. It was not that she, con she was able to eventually convert her husband. It was that she heard the word of God with a noble and good heart. She kept it and she bore fruit with patience. So she did, yes, she did many good things, but the key to her virtue of spiritual patience was that she was confident in the word of God despite the hurdles that she faced. It was her confidence in God that was really her accomplishment. And so we have, we have her as a sort of patroness always to remind us, again, not just about her life, but also that her life is probably a reflection in many ways of our own lives. And that the, what our success in dealing with the issues is not going to be that someone, has, someone else has changed or that my struggles are, uh, are all of a sudden, they disappear in my life, but that it is that I live all my years with confidence in God. And that confidence is what gives me my spiritual patience. And I thought that, you know, striving for spiritual pa patience is like chocolate. To make good chocolate, as you know, has to be tempered. And the sort of the series of increasing and decreasing the temperature of the chocolate to ensure that the chocolate has a nice shiny finish, that it doesn't just like make a mess on your fingers. Um, and nobody decides that, you know what, I'm just going to make chocolate today. Nobody decides to, to take on that challenge unless you really love this process of making chocolate. Unless you're ready to, to really dedicate yourself, it's not going to be successful. And one has to be confident in doing such a thing. And you see the patience that's required for making chocolate because you'll know that you cannot leave it for a second. If you even think for a moment that you're gonna go grab something, even from the fridge, two feet away, and you come back, your chocolate's ruined. If you 
nothing can mingle with the chocolate. If a drop of water gets in that chocolate, that chocolate is done. And so within the, within the chocolate is there are unstable and loose uh, crystals. And this is like our shortcomings and, and, and our sins. And the mingling of such, uh, mingling with the chocolate, this is like the rocks, the thorns, the wayside. When they mingle with the chocolate, the chocolate becomes seized. It um, becomes dull. It leads to streaks. You know, if you ever melt chocolate and you try to put it in the fridge, it's done. Don't try to save it. You'll see the, the, the sugar crystals and, and it's over. And when the chocolatier tempers the chocolate, then they realign all of the crystals to be strong and stable. And this is the virtue that comes from keeping the word of God and being patient. Because, again, this is what, um, because this is what we all have our confidence in. And we, of course, will surely have our, our reward for spiritual patience, the spiritual patience that we endure in this life. A very quick story about this uh, in the monasteries of Egypt, that there was this elder and his, his disciple that every day they had a sort of routine, that they would pray the Compline hour together and, uh, and followed by like a spiritual word uh, from the elder to his disciple and then the sacrament of confession. And this elder became very well known and, and there was a day uh, when many people came to visit the elder. And so he, did, he refused to deviate from the normal practice of that day. So he took the confession of his disciple, and of course the disciple, as he's confessing, he finds that the elder, his eyes are starting to shut, and, uh, and he's starting, starting to fall asleep, which is of course probably the best confession situation. And he continues, of course, and he thought about leaving, and then he thought that, okay, well, if the elder, if he wakes up, He's going to like be concerned, like, well, where did I go all of a sudden? So he said, I can bear it for, you know, I'll wait a little bit longer. I'm sure he'll wake up. And it happened again and again. He wanted to leave and thought, okay, I should stay. And as he would, when he would stay, he would, he said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pray the Jesus prayer. I'm going to pray the out these hours. I'm going to do so-and-so. And so it was already time almost time for the early morning prayers and so the elder woke up and he said what are you you know why are, why are you still here and he said well how can i leave without first getting your blessing so at the morning prayer the elder of course told the disciple after like go to your cell and and get rest and so the elder he had this this vision in which an angel showed him a beautiful place a beautiful throne along with seven crowns and so the elder asked, whose place is this? Whose throne does this belong to? Um, and, and who are these crowns for? And so the angel said that all of this is for your disciple. And the angel said, but just last night did, did your disciple earn these seven crowns? And so he wondered why, why specifically last night and why seven crowns? So he goes... He goes to his disciple and he says, I want you to tell me everything about last night. And he said, every, every time I had the idea to, to leave, uh, he said, 
temptation would come and I would want to leave because I felt bad and but and can you believe elder that this happened like seven times but luckily I was you know uh, thank God by his grace I, w I stayed so these seven crowns are for his patience his spiritual patience that every time he was tempted to to deviate from or to to leave this this time of blessing um, was a crown and so for us this means that for every moment that I am that I am sort of tempted to be away from my elder this in the, on the in the gospel reading Christ that when I deviate from his word that I'm, I'm this is a temptation and I'm called um, to have confidence in God and to keep his word so that it may bear fruit and so going back to Saint Monica when she became ill at the very end of her life and Saint Augustine tried to take her body back to their hometown she said she said no just bury me here because nothing is far from God bury me here because nothing is far from God nothing is far from him we're not far from him and so we ask that the Lord he gives us this confidence in his word to give us the desire to always have the word of God and attain spiritual patience in his life in in this life to him be the glory both now and ever and unto the ages of all ages amen